Hi, it's Ben Modell. I've been doing my silent film music podcast on and off, sometimes mostly off, since 2012 and a few years ago. The first eight episodes of my podcast just vanished. I still have the audio files, it's just that episodes one through eight were suddenly unavailable and no longer appeared in the show feed or online. I had absolutely no idea how this happened. Fortunately, some listeners of the Silent Film Music podcast, maybe you, have expressed interest in hearing these earlier episodes, and I really appreciate that. So, instead of driving myself crazy and pulling out what's left of my hair, troubleshooting what happened and trying to fix it, I'm just reposting each of these first eight episodes one at a time. And keep in mind as you listen to these that they were recorded several years ago. And now, here is... And now here is episode 5 of the Silent Film Music podcast, originally posted in March of 2013. You'll hear me talk about playing a marathon week of 7 shows in 8 days. I accompany the Mark of Zorro on a pipe organ in a church in Norwich, Connecticut. And I talk about preparing for a show, uh, dealing with organ bench height, bringing a lamp to the show, etc., etc. You'll hear me discuss and accompany... My Best Girl, with Mary Pickford on piano. Here now is episode 5, from March of 2013, of the Silent Film Music Podcast. It's Ben Modell, welcoming you to episode 5 of my silent film music podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm sorry it's taken me several weeks, at least, uh, to get around to do another podcast. I've had a lot on my plate mentally, and it's just hard to scrape out the time to sit down and have a little reflective moment with you. But I appreciate you listening. If you're listening for the first time and just dialed me up, thank you. If you've listened before, thank you. I have no way of gauging what kind of audience uh, audience response uh, this podcast is getting. I can go online and see how many people have downloaded the various episodes and how many subscribers I may have at any any given moment. But is anybody uh, interested or are you coming back and listening over and over? I have no idea. I'm just going to keep putting it out there. And maybe in a scene from the Planet of the Apes, somebody will come across this in the future and find it on an iPod. And after they figure out how to power it up, they'll hear it and they'll bury it back in the sand. As always, the first segment is a chance to catch up on what I've been up to. I'll just go back a month or two even though I've been uh, absent from the podcast longer than that. I spent a good deal of time in January and February working on the Accidentally Preserved YouTube slash DVD project. It was part of my master plan, actually, uh, knowing full well that the first month or two of the year is typically full of not having shows. I figured, well, that's when I'll get a lot of my production done. The transfers came in. 
I was able to bring them into uh, my editing software, tidy them up, export screeners, and score them. I recorded scores for the nine short films on piano and on the miniature virtual theater organ. And I've uh, had to get a couple of segments of some of the films retransferred before I can finish. So there's some slight delays in the project, but it will still get done in the spring with a DVD release as well as a release schedule of films on YouTube. And then the middle of March hit, and it was one of those things where when you're a silent film accompanist, you take work and you don't turn things down because it's too far or, boy, I can't believe I said yes to that because I'm going from this location to that location in the next tw- within 12 hours. Uh, it's feast or famine often, and you just say yes unless it's both on the same day. And I'll just give you a quick rundown of what I've been up to for the last eight days. Um, Saturday, March 9, the kid brother at the Silent Clowns film series. That night, drove to Norwich, Connecticut, which is way on the east end of it, because the next day, Sunday the 10th, I played for the Mark of Zorro at the Central Baptist Church on their Rogers Trillium Masterpiece pipe organ. Well, it's a digital pipe organ. Well, there's no pipes. It's just digital. Okay, pushing on. Uh, drove back home that night. The next morning, after spending a good deal of time catching up on emails and other things that night, I was in New Rochelle, New York, for a program program of Thanhauser films with Ned Thanhauser. Uh, Ned had actually managed to get a couple more Thanhauser discoveries transferred and out of an archive, and they were shown to an audience for the very first time in maybe 100 years, the twins of of the GL Ranch and the mistake of Mammy Lou. Those were accompanied on piano at the New Rochelle Library. The next day found me, as I am every year, at the town school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, playing for and presenting silent films to two groups of kids, fourth graders and also kindergarten kids. Now, my go-to film for kids who are five or six years old is Oranges and Lemons with Stan Laurel. Here's a quick one-minute clip of my recording off my iPhone so you get a chance to see and hear how much fun this is. seconds of music and screams of laughter from five-year-olds pretty cool right okay that was that day then the next day uh i think it's yeah wednesday the 13th on the amtrak to dc and then down to mclean virginia 
to play for Buster Keaton Shorts at the Alden Theater. This is part of the four-show series uh, I do with Bruce Lawton at the Alden Theater at the McLean, Virginia Community Center. Um, This particular show, Bruce was at Cinefest, so I did it solo, and we did the show on video, although usually it's in 16mm. A beautiful Steinway A piano, a great theater, and a great audience. We had a lot of people turn out for that. Okay, next day, back to New York City, and then Friday, I am in Port Washington, playing for My Best Girl, starring Mary Pickford. Uh, Projected on video, uh, a beautiful Steinway B piano. The show was introduced by Philip Harwood. Uh, Philip and I do a couple of shows at a couple of different libraries out on Long Island every year. It was a great show. And what was uh, wacky was that somebody in the audience came up to me and said, oh, I was at your show of the kid brother on Sunday. It came all the way in from Port Washington, which really impressed me. Then the next day, early eyeball train down to Silver Spring, where I was at the AFI Silver Theater playing for Fig Leaves, starring George O'Brien as part of the Howard Hawks series there. And that was the 35-millimeter print that came from the Museum of Modern Art. Uh, They have an Allen theater organ made in the 1980s, Um, a three-manual instrument. Uh, It's the Allen 4600. Well, that was my week. Um... And that's, that's, it, I, I can't believe I, I've gotten through it, but there you have it. Um, more in a minute, but here is a segment from my recording live in performance for the Mark of Zorro on the Rogers Trillium Masterpiece 1038 in Connecticut. Thank you. 
recorded live in performance. Yours truly at the Central Baptist Church in Norwich, Connecticut, improvising a score for The Mark of Zorro on the church's Rogers Trillium Masterpiece 1038 digital organ. The acoustics in the space are fantastic. The building and the church were built in 1892. It's really amazing going from venue to venue, playing in places that were built decades for the, before the notion of an acoustician being a job even existed, and finding the acoustics are fantastic even without any kind of microphones or amplification. So the long list of shows I rattled off before the musical break sounds very exciting when you look at it on paper, but it's a lot of work. Not just the shows, there are a lot of different things involved, getting ready, making sure I don't forget anything. There isn't the usual amount of lead time between shows to get my head together often, and there are a number of things to take into account. On top of making sure travel arrangements are all set up ahead of time, uh, making sure I'm in touch with the people at the venue, they know when I'm coming, do I need to get on the instrument early, how much time do I need, what format are they showing, am I providing the disc, are they providing the disc, is this film, is this not film, what speed are they running the film at? These are all things I have to keep in mind and stay ahead of and try to take care of it, as much of it as I can before I show up. To stay ahead of things, I always try to find my story notes for a film, if it's something I haven't seen in a while, any kind of research that's needed, existing music to look up. For instance, My Best Girl. I remembered from playing for the film several years ago that at one point Mary Pickford puts on a record, Red Hot Mama. And uh, now we have YouTube, and there are several different versions of it online. When I researched it the first time several years ago, what I was able to find online was a recording of an Edison Diamond disc, but now both the Ray Miller and Coon Sanders versions are available online. And also, somebody has surreptitiously uploaded the entire film, having ripped it off the DVD. Not cool, but certainly helped me out, because I was able to slide through the video and find the moment where they show the label of the record and I could find which recording Mary is playing and match the key in case some Victrola nut out there at the show was going to call me on it. And what the heck, couldn't, couldn't hurt to be right about something like that. Other things to keep in mind is the instrument itself and little th things like uh, the bench height. With an organ or a piano, I, I just the way my my body is built, I need to know I can raise a, a, a piano bench to a certain uh, to a certain height. I find that for me, having the 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 the, uh, the benches with the knobs on the side raised all the way up works for me. And often I'll get to a venue and know that there, or I'll find out that the piano is on casters, which is great for moving the piano, but the bench is not, and therefore the piano is two or three inches higher. I have found a workaround by buying bed risers that I take with me when I know in advance that the piano is on casters and the bench is not. In some venues that I play at, 
uh, where there's an organ, uh, often I find the bench is a little too low for me. I'm I'm no basketball player, but I talked to a friend of mine uh, about this, and I said, "Am I am I crazy, or or the bench is just too low in a lot of these organs?" And he said, "No, no, people just used to be shorter." So I find that uh, there are workarounds to be found at, at down at the Library of Congress. We found a couple of boards uh, and put to put on under either side. Uh, a lot of venues have have this sort of thing lying around. Otherwise, I've got to sort of hold my leg up off the pedals throughout the entire show, and I got a Charlie horse. So there, you know, these are all these little things to take care of with uh, ahead of time with each venue. Um, it helps them out. Uh, because they don't know what you're thinking or what you need, and when you show up and say, "Well, do you have this and do you have that?" You know, and the show is in an hour. It it doesn't really help, and it's hard to get what you want. Um, knowing the film and what year it was released, um, and having a head an idea ahead of time of what speed it should be run at helps most of the time. Uh, when I ask for a running speed, uh, I get it. Usually it's faster than what the archive has marked, and so the, hap- the projectionist is happy to run something at 24 instead of 18. Um, and so is the audience in the long run. Another detail that seems like a pretty basic idea is something that is often overlooked, which is a light for me to see. The keys or whatever my notes are. Um, invariably, uh, uh, I'll get to a place and they haven't thought of that or they have a light, but generally speaking, what people have available are, are a basic desk lamp, which in theory seems fine, but most of those are not only too bright, but they bleed over onto the screen. And it's just easier for me to bring my own light. I have a couple of different lights. One works on either battery or power. Uh, you know, that you would plug in. Um, and every once in a while, I'll get to a place where uh, everything is, they have a, a stand light that works that will clip on to the music rack of the piano. And there are some cases like the Alden Theater, which is uh, got a you know state-of-the-art lighting system because they do a lot of regular shows there. You know, they have a, a little spot set for me that we said at the first show and it's just part of the preset and that's already taken care of but you can't just walk in and assume there's going to be a light or even that the piano is facing in the right direction um, I find that with uh, some church gigs uh, I have to bring some way to see the screen because a little mirror setup is great for hymns but not for playing for films uh, I have a baby monitor with video uh, that I got several years ago uh, my sister got it as a shower gift. She never needed it, so I use it, and it's, it works out quite well. It's wireless, and so you point the camera uh, toward the screen and have the monitor on the on the on the console. It allows me to see everything. There's the one ch- time I played in a church where I, that wasn't necessary was last year when I was in Oslo. The console was facing away from the screen at the back. But it had a big mirror, and where it pointed was exactly where the screen was. So I had no trouble seeing uh, the King of Kings, even though they had gone to the trouble to set up a video setup. It just it just worked out quite well. 
Now, moving on to a piano recording here is yours truly accompanying My Best Girl on a Steinway B piano. Recorded live in performance. Yours truly at the Port Washington Library playing a Steinway B grand piano accompanying Mary Pickford's film My Best Girl. Now that was a score where I could have just gone to the gig and improvised a score, but I thought, you know, let me look through and oh look, here are here are themes I wrote out several years ago when I accompanied the film for a program, a series that Joe Ransky was doing at the Donnell Media Center, the Donnell Library. And I pulled out the cues in the afternoon of the show. I played through them and uh, didn't care for them anymore. And so I just tossed them. And sometimes that happens. Ideas that, that, that made sense before or just where I was musically and where I am now are two different animals. And while well, it's nice to have have a record of what I, I had written before, I decided it was pretty much useless uh, and didn't really fit with the way I create music for certain scenes anyway these days. Um, so there's that's where improv, improvising uh, helps uh, because this is a big thing for me is I'm always trying to augment and embellish and improve uh, my musical vocabulary. 
um, just so that I, I mean, you may get tired of hearing me play, but think of me, I'm there at every show. And so I'm trying to make it sound better and better as best I can. And, and hopefully find a new sound and a new one and a new one and a new one. Um, I don't like to listen to recordings of myself. Um, they're very hard to hear, you know, with the ice picks in my ears. Um, you know, it's, it's just very uncomfortable. And uh, so uh, every once in a while, if I do wind up hearing or hearing something or reading music that I've written down, uh, sometimes it's useful. There are, there are themes I wrote when I was in college that I still use. Themes I wrote for films like Cops, I still use. And in this case, here's something I wrote several years ago that I thought was well completely useless. What I have coming up, uh, wrapping up production on Accidentally Preserved. And this is a different end of the business for me, not just scoring, but producing uh, and releasing a DVD. When I was doing, you know, years and years ago, when I did stand up for a couple of years, uh, part of what got me to do it was thinking, well, it's very easy to complain about it how people do it or whatever, but let me try it and I'll see. And, you know, it, it it's hard. Uh, and so I'm stepping in this, into the same sort of shoes here, uh, producing a DVD, making it, getting it out there, promoting it, getting it actually released. So we'll see how that goes. I also have a week of Mary Pickford films coming up at the end of April, where, I, again, I will be traveling all over the place, but this time all the shows will be introduced by Crystal Schmidt, this is part of her big book tour that she's doing. Um, and I'm looking forward to playing for Mary Pickford at the Colonial Theater in Pennsylvania, the Library for the Performing Arts in New York City, the Cinema Arts Center on Long Island, and at Wesleyan University. And so we come to the end of Episode 5 of the Silent Film Music Podcast. Here's a brief reminder that everything you've heard, both the talking and the musicking, is copyright 2013 by Ben Modell, all rights reserved. Send me a tweet, Facebook message, or an email, and I look forward to seeing you at one of my upcoming shows. This is Ben Modell, silent film accompanist and historian, saying, I'll see you at the silence. Bye. You've just listened to a reposting of Episode 5 of the Silent Film Music Podcast with Ben Modell, originally posted in March of 2013. Thanks for listening.